Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. Exodus 6 and 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. You know, Moses had just returned to the Lord to ask him why he has brought trouble upon the people. The people are now worse. Why did you do this? Pharaoh had just increased the workload on the Israelites right after Moses told him that the Lord said, let my people go, let them go. Remember, there were more Israelites in Egypt than there were Egyptians. And the the Pharaoh before, he didn't like that. He wanted more Egyptians around than Israelites. But this Pharaoh Pharaoh now, he's like, hey, let's just use them for a workforce. They're going to stay. They're doing work for us, right? He didn't want them to let them go. What did God say was going to happen? He said, Pharaoh himself is going to drive them out by the time I get done with him. (laughs) God's strong, man. You don't want God to take you out to the woodshed, do you? So Moses returns back to the Lord to cry out for help. And that was a big part of the sermon last week. You know, we got to take it to God. Don't take it to your false God. Don't take it to your Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh adamantly refused to let Israel go. He's trying to use them. And God has a way of getting things done in a way that we can't. That's, that's the main thing. That's the main thing that turned me. When I thought I was king of my own universe, God showed me, uh-uh, because you got a lot of problems you can't take care of by yourself. And God took care of it. And he, he, he took care of the situation for me. God is capable and where I'm not. God is rearranging things here now in such a way to make stubborn Pharaoh not only want them to leave, but to drive them out himself. When you look at that impossible problem that stands in your way, that just simply refuses to get out of your way, we all have one. Oh, not you, Ray, you're the pastor. Are you kidding me? We all got them. You got those problems that stand in your way. As long as you try to work on it yourself, it's always going to be in your way. You take it to the Lord. Not only will that problem get out of your way, but God can make it to where it will even help push you along your path for you. Israel's biggest problem is Pharaoh. He's about to send them off himself, okay? That was their biggest hurdle. Never look at a problem in your life and say, God, you can't. God can. And when God promises, 
Guess what? He will. God made a covenant with Israel, a promise to take them to the land that he will give them. And so God reminds Moses that he has remembered that promise that he made to them. He says, I remember the promise I made to them. God has heard their groaning from under Egyptian bondage. So he's telling Moses, I've made a promise to fulfill that I made to them. So watch what I'm about to do to deliver them out. Now, friends, God has made a promise to us. Likewise, he's made a promise to us that if anyone will repent, that means turn around from what they used to do and believe in the gospel, the way of salvation through Jesus Christ, then he will take us to a place that he has prepared to us, for us, much like he's offered for Israel. And when God makes a promise, he has to fulfill it. I've heard people say there's nothing that God can't do. That's wrong. There are things that God cannot do. God cannot break a promise. That's something God can't do. And I take comfort in that. He can't break a promise. Once he makes a promise by his very nature, he is bound to it and he has to fulfill it. So God is telling Moses, he says, I made a covenant, a promise with Israel and I will make it happen. How comforting it is to know that this is the same God that we serve. The same God that says in Romans 10 verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you might be saved. People better start shaking their heads no. It doesn't say that. If you, if you do that, you will be saved. This is God making a promise and he has to fulfill it, Right? will be saved. Not might be, not probably, not 99.9%. If you confess Jesus as Lord, meaning that he is your new boss, you will be saved. There's a lot of beliefs out there. You're not really sure if you really get to go to eternal life or not. They They don't really know. We hope so. I hope it's in my favor. And the word of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, he says, you do this, you will be saved. I couldn't go to sleep at night not knowing if I was really saved or not through Jesus Christ. I'm thankful of that. You can take that to the bank because once God makes a promise, he can and he will make it happen. And that's guaranteed. How nice. Some people go wondering, they don't know. Uh, Well, they wonder if they'll be saved or not. Well, you got to see how God takes his promises very seriously. So when you read about this with God promising to Israel, you're, you're learning to understand the God that we serve and that when he makes a promise to you, he'll do the same with you, right? That's what's nice about this story. He takes his promises seriously. God said it, then you know you can trust it. I'm thankful God means what he says. He means what he says. So look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. The covenant God made was to give Israel the land of Canaan. Israelites did not live there. They did not live there. Canaanites lived there. So the idea here is that Israel is supposed to just walk into a land where other people live and just take it. We're here now, it's ours. And that sounds, if that sounds unfair, realize, ultimately, the land is God's. He made it. He's entitled to give it to whoever he wants to. And that's what he decided to do. You know, people today, they're still saying today that that land does not belong to Israel. It does belong to Israel. I'm not looking at it politically. Well, Ray, you got to look at it politically. No, I'm looking at it from the word of God. That's their land. God gave it to them. God who owns it gave it. Again, remember back Noah's son, um, Ham. 
had walked into the tent when Noah was drunk and committed a dishonor to his father Noah. And so Noah pronounced a curse on him. And it went through Ham. It went through all of Ham's descendants. And Ham's descendants are the Canaanites. And so when Israel comes marching into Canaan, the Canaanites are going to be under them because of that curse. Way back in Noah's time, he said, they will be under you to Noah's other son. So that's why when they come into Israel, they're just able to take it because that curse was there, right? Israel is going to take that land. Now, let me modernize the issue real quick. Our government, our government, this great United States of America, and I'm very patriotic. I'm American through and through. But our government has been trying to carve up Israel and give it away to a people that God never gave it to. I love God more than the nation, okay? I have to. And it's wrong for our country to try to do this. One of the presidential runners recently said that Israel is going to... I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for. I'm just saying. One of the presidential runners recently said Israel is going to have to give up some stuff in order to make peace. That's what he said. No. No, Israel does not. Nobody ever come over here and carved Texas off the map and said we have to give it back to Mexico. Right now, Israel, Israel's borders are not near as big as what God said he had given to them. If you want to know how big Israel's supposed to be, look it up in the Bible. He says, I'll give you all the way from here, all the way to there, all the way to there, all the way down to there. And Israel ain't near that right now. Israel ain't giving nothing up. Israel is going to get bigger. You watch. It seems impossible, right? Well, how's that ever going to go down? There's too much fighting over there. They'll, they'll never get any bigger. Hey, 1967, Israel went and reclaimed Jerusalem back. That was pretty big right there. You just watch. Seems impossible that they could grow. Well, okay, impossible? Yeah, right. We're talking about God here. Just like God said of Pharaoh who stood in their way, God is going to make him the very guy that drives them out. God can change things. He can change your life. Again, that impossible thing you're contending with, there's no way this can change. (laughs) You just got to get your faith right, man. He will and he can. God is going to make him be the guy to drive him out. You watch what goes down with Israel in the news. As all the nations push on Israel to give up more, give up more, give up more, give up more, God is going to turn it all around and one day Messiah Jesus is going to sit on his throne in Israel in Mount Zion on top of that hill. That's where he's going to come back and reign. Right there. Nobody's going to cut that out. It's going to happen. We can't. But God can. Keep your eyes on Israel. Watch. Remember I said God's going to demonstrate himself to the world by all the stuff going on? This is how he's doing it. Just keep an eye on Israel. God is demonstrating himself on a global scale. So God reminds Moses that he is going to fulfill his covenant with them. And before we read on, I want you to take notice how many times God says, I will, to Moses. As we read what God's going to say he's going to do, count how many times as we read, how many times does God say, I will? Exodus 6 and 6. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as heritage. I am the Lord. How many times did he say I will? 
seven, seven times. In the Bible and in Jewish thinking of that day, seven is a number of completeness. Complete. Completeness. God completely created everything seven days, and he rested. It's, it's done. It's completed. Seven days. Mary Magdalene was delivered of seven demons. That means she was completely delivered. She was complete, completely healed. God told Joshua, march around Jericho for seven days and for seven priests to blow seven trumpets outside the city walls. In the book of Revelation, the number seven is used there more than 50 times in various ways. Go look it up. There are seven letters to seven churches in Asia, seven spirits before God's throne, seven golden lampstands, seven stars in Christ's right hand, seven seals of God's judgment, seven angels with seven trumpets, etc. The seven churches represent the completeness of the body of Christ. Seven seals on the scroll represent the fullness of God's punishment of a sinful earth, and so on, and so on. Seven, complete. God is a complete God. He didn't save me partway. Now, Ray, you do the rest. (laughs) I'll mess it up. We have served a complete God. Hey, I'm trying to tell you, take comfort in that. When you leave here, all those problems, all those impossible things, I don't know how I'm going to do it. We serve a God of completeness. He'll deal with it if you make him your Lord. If you let him be the boss, right? This is awesome. It's going to get done. God said seven times, I will to Israel. Seven times. God will completely and totally bring Israel out, rescue Israel, redeem Israel, will take Israel as his own people. He will be Israel's God. He will bring Israel into the promised land and he will give it to Israel as a heritage. So how can he do all of this? Because just as he says in verse 8, I am the Lord. I love it. For any of you who continue to live your life without the Lord as your master... How much longer are you going to continue to wear yourself out? Why do you let Satan steal your peace and your joy? Why do you persist in operating in such a manner that damages yourself and other people around you when God Almighty takes care of you, offers to take care of you, just like this, completely? Right? Stop living your way. Cut it out with the iniquity. Iniquity means my way. I run my life on my own terms. Hey, if you don't know God and you don't pursue Him in His Word, how can you know who He is? You've got to do what He says. Find out who He is. But if you say, like, I've got to do things my way, that sin that gets you in a mess, you've got to let it go, repent of it, and turn around from it, and let God. Well, Ray, just because I don't repent doesn't mean I can't. You can't get to Dallas unless you leave Houston. You have to leave here to get there. You want to get to God, you've got to let go of that old life. That's the way it works. This is word says it. The Lord does not do a job halfway. We serve a God of completeness. So if you let go and let him, that's making him Lord. That's what Lord means. The boss. If you're trying to run your life your way, you're your own Lord. You're your own boss. You have to let Jesus be Lord. Notice in verse 6, he says to Israel, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. What an outstretched arm means is that God's power would be evident. Everybody's going to see it. So I want to tell you, I don't care how sinful you've been in your past. I don't care how messed up you might have been or how messed up you might still be. If you will repent of your sins and completely turn your life over to Jesus Christ, make Him Lord, and He's the boss now. 
means you operate in the way that he says to do instead of the way you want to do. If you do that completely and fully, then he can and he will completely and totally deliver you from the oppression of sin and give you eternal life and complete and total freedom from the penalty of sin. And he will do it with an outstretched arm. Meaning, when he saves you for real, then there will be evidence of God's great power in your life. Evidence. Things will start happening that you never thought could happen. Everybody's going to see it and they're going to go, there's no way you could have pulled that off. How's this happening? And then they'll get curious. And that's your chance to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. His power will be evident. You'll see things fixed, relationships mended, old grudges turned into friendships, broken marriages turned into love, healing and reconciliation. There is power, not just power, there is evident power in the name of Jesus. If you haven't been experiencing this like I'm saying, then stop kidding yourself thinking you're saved. You need to meet the real Jesus that I'm talking about here. This is the real God. He can fix things. Don't worship the God you created in your mind who only fixes the little small pieces of your life, leaving you with the majority of it still in a big old fat mess. I've seen people with giant problems and they go, oh, well, Lord's really been working in my life. And they don't really sound confident when they say that. Man, if you'd really give it to him, oh, he'll take care of every bit of it. The God of Israel... Our Lord and Jesus Christ is a God of, underline it, completeness. He does it all. I didn't earn part of my salvation. Jesus Christ did every bit of it. Once you make Jesus your Lord, He makes you completely and totally new. And if you have not experienced this big of a transformation yet, then man, what are you waiting for? God's too big. He's too cool. He's doing cool stuff in my life. And I see people, yeah, yeah, I, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God, yeah, I know, I know. He's working, he's working. But why do you look like that? You should be excited, man. <laughs> he turned my life way around, not just pieces. So God of completeness. You don't have to stay where you are. Let the Lord Jesus pull you out of where you are. He did it for the Israelites. He can do it for you too. But for him to do this, then what you've got to do. To let him work a complete work in, in you. You've got to completely, 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 complete. Do I have to say it seven times? You have to completely turn your life over to him. Completely give your life to him. Don't worry that he might not be able to pull it off. Some people do that. Yeah, I trust in God, but they hang on to that sin. Well, I don't know if he can totally do it. So they just kind of hang on. Well, that's you showing he can't. He can't. You've been following a false God. If you hang on to your old life, you've been following a false God. If you run to your money and your stuff and your things instead of God, you're following a false God, a Pharaoh, but does not have the power to completely change and heal your life. If you don't have complete peace and complete joy in your life, you have to let go completely and completely trust the Lord. You do that, he will make you completely new. He's a God of completeness. That's the real Jesus. That's the real Jesus. There's a fake Jesus out there that people serve that are trying to make you believe that you can do anything you want. Just say, Jesus is Lord and keep living your life how you want to because God just wants you to be happy so you have the right to do whatever you want with your life your way. That's not how it works. Jesus is going to tell many people, according to Matthew 7, depart from me, you who had to do things your own way. You don't want to hear that. 
God did not tell Moses, well, I'll take some of y'all out, but I don't have the ability to take you all. If the God you serve has only delivered small little pieces of your life, but the majority of it is still in bondage, and it looks like it won't end anytime soon, then you're still serving Pharaoh. You're still serving another false God. And he's going to keep you stuck in your bondage. He's going to keep you there. The real God of Israel will deliver you out. He's not going to fix parts of it and leave other parts in a mess. I want to show you in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All. We talked about this the other night. All means all. Doesn't mean some of it. Means all of it. All things. And so again, if there's still bondage in your life, you need the real Jesus. You've been deceived into believing in a false God who doesn't deliver all the way. Oh, but Ray, I know I'm saved just because I'm still involved with the Bible says all things. Well, yeah, Ray, I know, but just because the Bible says all things. All of it. All of it. God said, I will take Israel out of Egypt. Let God take you out of your old life. Your old sinful life. Don't settle for a partial life or partial peace, partial forgiveness, or partial freedom. God is complete in delivering us. And so what to really motivate Moses to encourage Israel, God burned it into Moses' understanding that he will make these things happen. In Exodus 6 and 9. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish and spirit and cruel bondage. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spoke before the Lord saying, the children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall Pharaoh heed me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command for the children of Israel and for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And so Moses tells the people again. But they wouldn't listen to him because of their oppression, because of their heavier burdens, right? What's tragic here is they forgot about their first response to Moses and Aaron back in chapter 4. If you remember chapter 4, where when he says, God's going to take you out of here, it says they bowed their heads and they worshipped. Oh, yes, and they worshipped God. But now they're like, no, they're not listening. How quick we are to turn, you know? How quick we are to forget the promises of God and the victory that he offers us. But again, God told Moses to go to Pharaoh, tell him to let the people go. Tell him I said let them go. But Moses hesitated because of how the people were. He said, I speak with uncircumcised lips, meaning unclean, incapable speech. Basically saying, God, I can't talk. Thanks for listening today. And please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail, watchtherefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus. 
This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.